Unfortunately, I can confirm that we have lost Sam for the year. Sam suffered an injury you know, to the reconstructed knee, you know, that he had done less than a year ago, and uh, very, very uh, disappointed. That's Rams head coach Jeff Fisher talking about uh, the fact that they've lost quarterback Sam Bradford to a torn ACL. Stu Walters, Bob Marjanovic, pinch hitting for BMAC and Taylor today. And, you know, they talk about the SI cover curse type thing. Maybe it was a curse with Marvis. Marvis did this great piece on Sam Bradford, and then, boom, Sam Bradford, blown ACL. Alex Marvis from Fox Sports joins us now from Green, were you in Green Bay. I am in Green Bay, yes, indeed, home of spotted cow beer, home of cheese curds, if you will. Yes, doing a little work for Fox Sports 1, little sit-down with Aaron Rodgers tomorrow. Nice. On one action, caught up with Julius Peppers today, doing some stuff on the pack, and you are so right, though, about Sam Bradford. I did write it was a make-or-break, do-or-die type of season for Sam. The Rams put their eggs in his basket once again, and now they smash all over the place, and you got a whole bunch of yoke on the face of the front office there. And it was the weird part of about it is this a guy coming off an ACL reconstruction himself and Jake Long doesn't block the guy who then tackles the quarterback coming off the, the ACL reconstruction and unfortunately re-injures him and now the Rams in a whole heck of a lot of trouble because to me this was a team that was very much a playoff contender I thought they were ready to make the postseason I don't say that with confidence now just because I don't know if Sean Hill can get the job done do you think it's the end of Bradford's career as a Ram and I say that not because of his ability but because of the fact that hey they need a quarterback who they can well believe can start all the games instead of getting hurt yeah, this one's a tough one, especially because of the salary. Now, if he is willing to reduce his salary quite a bit, he could come back, but he's not going to be guaranteed a starting spot. And, you know, it, it's tough. You know, would Sam have the ability to compete for a starting spot next year? Who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, they have, you know, Sean Hill isn't the long-term answer. He's 34 years old. I don't think he is unless he finds the fountain of youth at that age. But normally by age 34, you're pretty set as a quarterback. You would think that the Rams are going to go early in the draft to acquire a quarterback or, depending on the pressure on the front office, this is a team that's ready to win now could they find a veteran option at the position not right now but for 2015 it's really early to say what they're going to do they also have garrett gilbert out of southern methodist their six round pick but again a work in progress with him i mean this this thing is is catastrophic for the Rams because sam bradford had looked so good in camp and it's just a shame because the guy had really worked so hard to try to come back moj and now he's not going to play in 2014 and by the way sam bradford you probably know this marvis because you're on top of everything the number one Canuck fan in the NFL, by the way. Is that right? I didn't know that. He, uh, there was a story about that when he got drafted. Grew up in Oklahoma, played hockey, and was a huge Pavel Bure fan. Fell wow. in love with the Canucks during that 94 Stanley Cup run. A couple of years back, we were trying to dig up the photo. We actually presented him with the Canuck jersey with his name and number. And he just <laughs> loved it because he's just a huge, huge Canuck fan. But, hey. So much for being a Canuck fan. The guy's on the shelf right now. Hey, Alex, uh, just, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't take much, as we know, with knees, but uh, it wasn't even a horrendous hit, uh, which is maybe a little bit too too bad. I mean, his leg was a little bit locked, so maybe in an awkward position, but it certainly wasn't uh, horrendous, was it? No, didn't it look like a hyperextension to yeah, you, Stu? I, I mean, he, yeah. That, that's what I saw. I mean, that when I first saw that, I saw, you know, this, this didn't look like an ACL type of injury because there wasn't a twist to it. 
And that was what was so strange. It was just it was awkward and awkward angle and awkward hit. And you know those graphs in the first year are just so susceptible to being retorn. And, and you know Sam worked so hard to come back. They had, they had not. In fact, in OTA sessions and in the off season, they did not put him in back to back practices. They wanted to make sure that he was going to be able to, to be completely healthy for the start of training camp. And when I caught up, you know, with the Rams and Jeff Fisher, you know, about ten days before this whole thing had happened, uh, you know, he had not. Sam Bradford had not missed a snap in training camp. They felt confident that he would be able to continue to play. And, and it's just, it's a move that, that ripples really throughout the whole NFC West. And, you know, look, if you're a Seahawks fan, you hate to see, you know, misfortune for Sam Bradford personally, but you're loving this because the Rams, to me, looked like they were going to be the second-best team in that division because I really have my doubts about the 49ers right now. What is it about the 49ers that has you, uh, well, I guess I want to say scared, Alex, but obviously you're, you're not buying stock in them. No, I'm not. You know, Moj, and, and you know this, you're such a good football guy. You know that, that in their defensive packages, they don't do a lot of subbing. You know, they play the same guys, pretty much 13, 14 guys. It's a real tight circuit of players that are always on the field. And I just have this concern that some of these guys may start to break down as the season goes on because they've taken so many snaps over the past few years. You know, and, and on offense, is Colin Kaepernick going to start showing some touch on the football? You know, we know he can throw the football 60 miles an hour like a baseball. We get that, okay? But he's got to start to evolve as a quarterback because the weapons are there. But he's got to start showing some better touch on his passes. The offensive line looks out of sorts right now. Yeah, I know Alex Boone isn't there at right guard, but Mike Iapati coming off an injury, Moj, he looks awfully slow right now. He got beaten like a drum by Corey Legion yesterday in that preseason game. There's some work that needs to be done in San Francisco. I think it used to be you pencil those guys in for 11 wins automatically. I'm not feeling the love there right now. Hey, Alex, let me throw this to you. Uh, earlier this year, we had Farhan Lalji, who's a regular on this station. Yep. He works for TSN. He's the Vancouver correspondent. I don't know if you know Farhan or not. Oh, I know. Yeah, Farhan yeah, yeah. does like all the NFL camps, and he was talking about camps and which one impressed him, and I asked him which camp that you came away from going, you know, which was the one where you kind of said, really? And Farhan's a football guy. He coaches high school football. He knows his football inside and out. In fact, he's just taking his high school team down to Texas uh, as of today for a couple of games down there. But he said the 49ers were the team. He couldn't believe. Watch the practice. He said it was a complete gong show. You know, just no discipline, guys running around, doing stupid things. He said he couldn't believe watching his eyes. Now, maybe he caught him on a bad day, but let me throw that to you. I mean, you see plenty of practices. I mean, you go to plenty of camps. Is that the norm for the 49ers? Because if it is, that stuff's going to catch up to you sooner rather than later. Moj, you raised such a great point, and, and this is something I really try not to do, is to go ahead and judge an entire training camp based upon one practice that I see, because it isn't fair and it isn't accurate. But, you know, it's the danger of when you go to one camp and we're all on our training camp tours and I'm in town for a day or two days and I see a practice and I try to form educated opinions off of that. You know, the, the talk in San Francisco has been that this is a tired team. You know, they stayed out, did some work in Baltimore, you know, some preseason work that they have tired legs, and that's what's contributing to this, that they'll, they'll catch up a little bit here as time goes on, but I just get the feeling that something is askew, and, and I can't tell you what it is. Watch, the 49ers will probably go out and win the Super Bowl now and go undefeated, but, you know, the Jim Harbaugh drama this offseason, Alden Smith, you had Chris Culliver and his off-field incident that happened. I mean, you just, all these goofy things have been happening with the 49ers. I just get the feeling that something just isn't right there. I just don't like this team. I don't like the vibe of them. I, 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 it, it's, uh, the other things that I talked about, as well as just a hunch that I have, that this may be a team that takes a step back in 2014. Alex, I want to ask you about Drew Brees. Uh, certainly looked like uh, he was in midseason form during Saturday's 23-17 win at Indianapolis. This after a couple weeks away with the, the oblique issue. I know you're high on the uh, Saints this year. 
I'm high on the oblique as well. Very, I love hearing the word oblique, Stu. Yeah. You could say that word to me a hundred times over, and I never get tired of it. Yes, and Drew Brees's Drew Brees's oblique looked just fine. The Saints look like I thought they would. I, I am projecting them right now to be the number one seed in the NFC, and there's a couple reasons for that. I think Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa Bay are not ready to compete at a high level yet to win that division title. I don't look at them as double-digit win teams. I think the Saints can get fat off of that. I think the NFC West is going to cannibalize itself, and I just feel like the Saints offensively are operating at an extremely high level. Drew has such comfort being in the same system. It's a lot like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You know how fluid he looks right now, just you know, with all the different pieces. And what I love right now for the Saints is the combination of running and passing. Mark Ingram is looking finally like the first-round pick that the Saints drafted him to be back at the number 28 overall selection. The guy looks outstanding. Kerry Robinson's a great backup. Pierre Thomas has settled into a nice nice niche as a receiving uh, running back. And then you've got Jimmy Graham. And then you've got Brandon Cooks. And then you've got, you know, Kenny Stills. I mean, they have so many weapons. The offensive line is sound. And we know the defense has improved under Rob Ryan's watch. I think the Saints and the oblique are very much for real. Well, you mentioned Carolina. How about uh, a little bit worrisome here with the QB Cam Newton with suffering the hairline fracture the other night or, or on, you know, with the rib? Not an oblique, sadly enough, not, Alex. But it, not it's a, a fractured oblique. No. Troublesome nonetheless. And I'll tell you this, you know, because Cam didn't get in a full camp of, of like a right. real training camp. The Panthers had kept him when I was at their training camp in two days of it. You know, he was always in the pocket. They didn't want him to scramble around too much. Now, when they played Kansas City in week two, he did scramble and he showed mobility. But for him to suffer this injury now you know he's not going to play in the preseason finale they were hoping to get him on the field uh, because you know the, the offense needs work on its timing so they're going to have to rely heavily on their defense even more so this season and look I'm a Cam Newton fan I think the guy's a real deal as a quarterback but this clearly is an offense that has some things to answer and, and you know problems to answer problems to solve and on top of that by the way look at what Steve Smith senior is doing in Baltimore right now he is tearing it up mm-hmm. doesn't make Panthers fans feel any better Alex Marvis from Fox Sports for a couple more minutes. Actually, we could talk football for the next three hours, but that would be called the Alex Marvez show on uh, Sirius. Um, Wes Welker, Alex, another concussion. Uh, how much trouble is he in in terms of his career? You know, this one is a tough one because it's not like, uh, remember the Tootsie Pop? Where, you know, how many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop? Oh, when we were kids, Moj, I, I mean, you don't know how many concussions it takes to end a career. It could be just one or two. It could be multiple. We don't even know how many that Wes Welker has suffered that are undocumented. Uh, you know, this is part of the danger, too, of the way that the Broncos run their passing routes. And trust me, as, as has been brought up by Tom Curran uh, up, in, uh, up in the New England area, he does a great job as a journalist there. Uh, you know, this, this type of offense that, that Peyton Manning runs sometimes, when you have those guys running across the middle, they're going to get blown up. You know, whether it's an Austin Collie, whether it's a Dallas Clark, and now whether it's a, it's a Wes Welker. So, you know, he'll go through the concussion protocol test, but I think Wes himself has to ask himself how much does he want to expose himself potentially to further injury? Does he worry about his short-term and long-term health? Does he try to just get through one more season and, and go from there? It's a difficult question to answer, and from a very cold, objective football standpoint, his loss would hurt the Denver Broncos, but that cupboard is not completely empty. Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, and the guy who put on a show the other night, Emmanuel Sanders, they have enough weapons to get by, but of course, Wes Welker makes them a better team. All right, you talk about the Rams and the hit that they took. Vegas, uh, the bookies went uh, and did a little adjusting after Sam Bradford got knocked out. They went from 40-1 to to win the Super Bowl to 75-1. to You know, here's a team that I was looking at. I want to get your take on them because you touched on them. They played the, the, uh, the Saints the other night. The team that beat the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Broncos last year, and I'm talking about the Colts, 
These guys yeah. are twenty to one right now, Marvez. Are they ready to go to the next level? I think they are. I, I really do think that. And, and, you know, one of the things that would help clearly is getting that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Now, they start off, you know, tough because they lose Robert Mathis for the first four games of the season. This is not a perfect team by any means. They have questions across the interior of their offensive line. Are they going to just be so overly reliant upon Andrew Luck because Trent Richardson can't get going? I mean, we were waiting for Trent Richardson to show why he was worth not only being drafted at number three overall, but then being acquired for a first-round pick. I mean, you're talking, you know, double jeopardy here and the guy's been a bust at both spots so far so uh, you know that's something that concerns me in the safety position in indianapolis i mean leron landry can win a bodybuilding contest but i'm not sure you know how good a football player he is let's put it like that but you, you discount all those warts and i still think this is a better cold steam i just think andrew luck is that good and of course if they can make some hay in what is a very poor on paper afc south then yeah i think they have a legitimate shot of making it alex great stuff always fun talking football with you it's been a long time my friend we're going to do this more often and somehow I got to talk to BMAC. I got to see if we can, you know, get a waiver to get you on our, on our program on the weeknights. Well, now, hey, are you guys going to be down? Are you going to be down in Seattle for the opener? Yes, I we will. will. Be there. All right. Excellent. You staying there Thursday night? Yes, indeed. I'll get in, I'll get in Wednesday <laughs> and uh, I'll get eye at home, baby. Marvin, don't tell him where. We've seen this movie before. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> hey, by the way, before we let you go, what do you got coming up from Green Bay? You talked about the sit downs with Rodgers and Peppers. Yeah, oh my goodness, Julius! I tell you this, Julius Peppers opened up, and and I was a little surprised because he's not he's not known as a great media guy, but he gives me the reason why he's wearing the number fifty six, why he decided to play with the Green Bay Packers. I can't spill all the beans, but trust me, later this week at Fox Sports, you'll see that as well as my sit down tomorrow. I'm taping it with Aaron Rodgers. It'll run later this week or next week on Fox Sports One. So little double dip. Very happy to do it. I'm gonna go have some cheese curds. All right, buddy. We will see you next week in Seattle. Get ready. Bring your liver. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. Thanks, Alex.